Hello, listeners. My name's Jack McGovern, and I'm the host of the Heating Services Show podcast. And I'm here to talk about two things, the heating industry and business. I've been involved in the industry since being a schoolboy. Since then, I've made a fair share of mistakes and I've gained a good amount of experience. I've served an apprenticeship. I've been self-employed. I've managed a successful team at British Gas. And most latterly, I've set up three limited businesses still operating within the sector to this day. On this show, we are going to be speaking to some amazing guests on some really interesting topics. These are going to be both industry and non-industry related. So if you aren't a heating industry professional, please don't count yourself out just yet. As the nation collectively embarks towards decarbonizing, there's some really interesting and challenging times ahead for us all in an industry which affects everyone who relies on heating and hot water. We are also going to be discussing good business, what that looks like, and what good service looks like underneath that. So please come along on the journey with me to discuss and learn what the future could look like and the issues that we face. And now we can also adapt as businesses to make sure we're ready for change. Subscribe to this podcast so you're ready for the next episode. And it'd be great if you could get involved on social media and let us know what you think. Enjoy. Hello, listeners, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Heating Services Show. And Today, my first ever guest is Rob Berridge from The Heat Engineer. Firstly, Rob, thank you for coming on, mate. Pleasure. Yeah, so Heat Engineer, um, I've got a bit of a brief description that you sent over to me. Um, We've got to know each other, I suppose, over the last two or three months, I'd say. Something like that, I guess. Um, Sort of found you through the software, if you like. You've been in the industry for around 38 years. I'm going to undersell you, so um, I think it's better you introduce yourself, really, if that's all right, Rob. Yeah, sure. Yeah, my name's Rob Berridge. Um, I'm one of the directors um, of Heat Engineer. There's three of us. Uh, one is a silent director and there's two of us that are active. We're both, uh, all three of us are actually from the um, um, plumbing and heating industry. My partner, Rich, is a, uh, a teacher actually at, uh, at uh, Whitney College in Oxford. Uh, he teaches mechanical engineering there. I've come in from the um, installation side. Um, so I've been a um, commercial and domestic engineer for about 38 years. Um, came off the tools a, a few years ago to uh, concentrate on on doing uh, my consultation work, which I do are design systems for you know, schools, colleges and leisure centres and all sorts of things like that. And uh, I found I found Heat Engineer. It was, uh, it was a, a, a bit of a luck chance, really, that Rich, my partner, and I, went, I met and uh, we're, we're kind of, you know, my idea was to try and get this calculation process into the mainstream, get it to a point where every engineer could have it in, the, in their back pocket and use it and start trying to raise the, raise the game in the industry. You know, the biggest issue that I've seen over, the, over my whole time in the industry is that, you know, the, the, the training for 40 years, frankly, has been woefully inadequate. And we, you know, we, 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 we have a tick box culture, which is... Um, has kind of put us into the place where we're at now. Um, and I think finally, after you know, the last few years of hard work, I think government are finally realising that, um, that we do have a skills um, shortage um, and we, you know, we need to kind of up, upskill ourselves for the future uh, efficiencies that are going to be needed. Yeah, okay. So obviously you've mentioned heat engineer. Can you just explain then to myself and obviously the people listening why heat engineering so it's a bit more about how that actually came about then, if it was a bit of luck? How, how how did that sort of all unfold? Well, my partner wrote all the original programming uh, for it, and um, I mean, when I joined, it was it was I, would, I wouldn't say on its knees, but it was it was pretty low. There was very very you know very very small take up on it, and it was uh, it was a kind of you know a beta version, if you like, of what we're of what we're doing now. 
the whole point of, of the of the process is to try and make it as easy as possible for engineers to get as close as possible to the to the truth of what heat loss actually is in building and the requirement. There's clearly a need for it. We've um, you know for the last certainly for the last sort of I guess sort of you know 18, 20 years something like that. We've had um, boilers pretty much which are kind of you know white box straight out of the box straight onto the wall, pipe them up, fire them up, and walk away, and they will work. And so, you know, we've we you know, heat engineer really was kind of designed to 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 try and get closer to the truth, I guess, and try and try and make a a better system, a better, more efficient system. I think is the is, is the thing, and we we that's working now. I mean, certainly the way subscribers are coming on board, and and what we're hearing is some of the reports that we that we produce. I mean, that reports of winning people work, which is is from my perspective an absolute wonderful thing. Yeah, I mean, what did um, you run your own heating business? I mean, how long was that on the go? Well, all my life, really. I mean, I started. I, I started off in in, um, in in trade counters actually when I was uh, when I was a kid at sixteen. Worked in those for for a couple of years, and and um, it was uh, a real eye opener. Learning all the learning all the bits and pieces. I mean, as you know, as you know, the, the, the learning what is available, what you know, what parts and fittings are out in the industry is is, is probably half the battle half the time. You know, to see what to see what you know, what you can use and what you can use to get over a problem. And um, I met some really good guys when I was uh, when I was working on the trade counter and found some good knowledge and um, basically said to all of them, look, you know, I, I've I've got um, I've got uh, uh, ideas of, of becoming a plumber and becoming a, an engineer and getting on board and doing stuff. And, and you know, luckily for me, I, I, I fell on my feet with two really good guys who literally threw me in the deep end. But I I found That's my right. niche. Yeah, I, I found my niche. I just you know I, I loved it. I could I could see I could see systems in my mind i could see how they're supposed to be i could see what was going on and you know within a very short period of time it's it, uh, you know they, they taught me very very quickly and luckily for me i was uh, most of their work was it was commercially based so i think you know, my training kind of a lot of it went on in plant rooms which was uh, superb it's probably a good way to actually do it that way around i suppose isn't it because someone like myself who's always who's sort of coming on an apprenticeship you know it was it was far removed from that, you know. You're in a customer's house every day, and at that point, obviously, you're just a labourer, aren't you? You're certainly not thinking about the system that's being put on the wall. Whereas when you're in the merchant, you was, I guess, and that's when you started to design systems more or less straight off the bat, was it? Well, not 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 so much in the merchants at all. I didn't I didn't know one end of a pipe from the other at that point in time. But once you see it and you see the whole thing going together and being put together, you think, hang on a second, this all makes sense. It does what you think it's going to do. And the other point, I guess, to labour on is that you know in, in in 1984, when I when I um I started on the tools properly, or in anger as they say, the the training that I had was brutal. You know, you did you 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 stepped out of line, or you know you were 10 minutes late in the morning, or something like that. I mean, it was you know the punishments were brutal. You 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 had to learn quick. <laughs> that was the that was the kind of game. But I you know I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, you know the the, the guys that taught me were brilliant. You know, you know they really really knew their stuff. That, you know, and I. I kind of clocked onto the fact that they knew their stuff from working on the trade counters, you know, because it's, and, and you do, you kind of silently, you're vetting people, aren't you, as to who would be the best people to train. You align yourself with, with good people, I guess, throughout that time. Yeah. So at that point in time then, obviously, Heat Engineers, uh, obviously a relatively new software. How long has it been out there? I've been involved in the company now for uh, literally three years. It'll be three years in a couple of weeks' time. It was around for for about two or three years before I, I started, but uh, say so Rich was uh, was was doing all of this on his own, uh, and no help at all, and he was obviously trying to hold down a full time job as well. So nothing really happened until kind of I, I got a lot more involved and and got more involved in the social media side and 
and, and training, but also a lot of what my job, and I'm, I'm certainly no, no um, computer whiz or anything like that. I mean, I can do a few calculations, but again, I'm, I'm an average hydronics designer at the end of the day. I'm not, I'm not to, you know, to the 20 millionth decimal point or anything like that. I just know that when I design a system, I know that it's going to work. And I know it's going to work within the, the set parameters of what we need in velocity and flow rates, etc. But um, my job throughout the, the whole of the, the, the growth of heat engineer has been to rein back in, if you like, the, the, the computer boffins and, and you know, the, these guys and the, and the developers, so the, the uh, coders and those kind of guys, to make it so it's easy for everybody to use. I want it to be as easy to use as a, you know, for a, for a 17 year old that's at college, as, you know, exactly the same as a, as a, as a 50 year old that's been in the industry all their lives. You know, it's, I think that's what I've, what I've taken from it personally. I think you'd, nowadays you can get a, a training program for more or less anything, can't you? But sure. it certainly feels like there is a lack of it out there in, in this industry. That's certainly how I felt until I found this. Am I right in saying that before this, it's a case of checking your Sibsi books, working longhand and, and, and obviously gaining experience on others, really? It's the most frustrating thing, I have to say, when I, when I started and you know, doing more and more designs. I mean, I've been designing, designing plant was pretty much all of my professional career, but you know, once I was getting, once I got trained, but to do calculations longhand from a, a board, if you like, you know, which I've, I've got in my, in my drawing um, studio next door, uh, drawing, drawing board, working on, on, um, on um, uh, PDF, sorry, on uh, printed out drawings that get sent to you, you know, A1 or AO size, or whatever it is that you're doing, drawing lines on all the paperwork, doing the manual calculations. I mean, it takes forever. You know, I spent a couple of years doing that. Learn, fundamentally learn. Good way cal- to learn though, right? <laughs> Harder yeah, way, hard, but good way to learn. Yeah, it's a hard, it's hard way to learn. But, you know, all the, all the SIPSI guides, you know, flow charts. Or, I mean, it's, it's not the easiest. It's certainly not bedtime reading. Hydronic design is is not bedtime reading, but again, it's it does what you think it should do. You know, water is like electricity; it'll just take the easiest um, course of resistance, you know, easiest route. And if you can start thinking like water, you're halfway through the battle. You literally, really, are halfway through the battle. You know, if I'm if I'm a, a, a molecule of water and I'm travelling down this pipe at you know one meter a second, and I get to a T point T junction, which way am I going to go? You know, and you as an engineer should know that. That's the I guess that's the that's that's the point. And you you when you picture it and you can see it, that makes your system design so much better. You know, do you turn do you turn a T piece so it so the flow comes in from the branch to try and get equal flows left and right, or do you have it straight on the on the on the uh, flow right the way through and branch off? Things things like that. I think that's kind of the challenge, though. I guess, isn't it? We're not we're not necessarily. I don't know. I just put it it doesn't always matter i guess does it i'm not saying that's right but you know we're no, in, if no, we're putting a... no systems will systems will balance depending on the resistance of, a, of each branch etc etc but i mean it's another thing that you know a lot of people don't know and i mean you can you can google this and you you just won't get anywhere trying to do it is from a from a plumber's perspective or a heating engineer's perspective just google index circuit and you won't find anything you know it's this is this is a lot of the problem there is We've lived in such a tick box culture now for 40 years where we are training people, frankly, to pass exams and we're not training them to be competent. And it's, it's got to a stage now, especially now that we, are, that we have a wastage crisis, which everyone knows that's kind of like a hashtag of what heat engineer is, is that um, we need to be accountable. And the only way we're going to get accountable 
or accountability within the industry is if we calculate. You can't, you just cannot guess anymore. You certainly cannot guess with with uh, with heat pumps. You know, uh, you can stick a thirty kilowatt um, combination boiler on the wall, not range rate it, and the system will still work. It won't be very efficient, but the rads will get hot and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. But you certainly cannot do that with a heat pump because you'll you'll end up with a you know a coefficient figure of you know one. Or something like that, and of course, you know, at seventeen pence per kilowatt hour at the moment, electricity or around that figure, you know, it's just going to be three, four times as much as it would be to, to have a gas border on the. Yeah, on the that, that margin for error certainly narrows, doesn't it? A hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. But yeah, I think I completely agree with you about the Google thing. Really, like it's just not there, is it? It's no, it isn't. Really. I mean, there's some there's some great um, there's some great people emerging in the in the industry now. I mean, there's, uh, you know, Coffee with Kalefi has been around for a few years. That's a really good um, load of YouTube videos to watch. Um, colleagues of ours, you know, Heat Geek are doing some stuff now. Good friend of mine. I've seen, I've, yeah, I've seen him. Is it Adam? Is it Adam, Adam, yeah, Adam, Adam Chapman. Yeah, that he's, he's doing some great stuff. He's doing some stuff at his uh, unit now, I've seen on Twitter, I think. Like, yeah, he's, uh, uh, he's got a course um, going now, a, a quite a full-on course, which, is, which is, is superb. Not for the faint-hearted, I shouldn't imagine. You know, it, it's, uh, it's, it's a good course. And you know, like, like I say, these, these are the sort of things that are going to be coming out now more and more. Um, good friend of mine, Kim Betty, he's got his own course, the Heating Academy. That's a superb course. I myself am doing courses um, online, and as soon as the uh, world back uh, opens back up um, from from COVID, then then um, we'll be back on the road with IMI Hydronics and doing training with them, which is all good. So it's you know, and, and I'm sure more and more will open up to it. And I'm sure I mean, there's yeah, there's loads of software companies out there now that are developing you know pretty good um, um, heat loss calculators and and stuff like that, which is which is superb. So it's it's great for the industry, and I you know I, it's good to see it all moving forward, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I certainly think it feels like, I don't know, I suppose when you've got an interest in it, like I feel like I've actually, my enthusiasm for the industries over the last 12 months has sort of grown and grown and grown because I am actually learning new things, whereas I was never challenged really to learn them. And I suppose that's what I meant earlier when I said, well, if you, you've got a mo- molecule of water going down a pipe, which way does it go when it hits the tea? You know, it's I've never had them conversations. I've been at places like British Gas where, you know, it was you spoke about a hive saving £150 a year. And, you know, essentially it's because, you know, it was an upsell in a house. And it's not just to say that it, it's not an efficient way of controlling your heating or anything like that. But I feel like the engineering part of the job, which is fundamentally why you start doing it, can soon could go out the window, if you like, when when you're employed. So unless you've got a really sort of proactive sort of manager of your company or wherever you work, you have got to go out your way to find this information. It does feel like Twitter is quite a good place. To, I mean, there's some of the threads that are on Twitter. I think there was one on last night, and I think I got tagged in it. I think it was Nathan Gamblin tagged me in it, and I think Lee Fisher was in it as well. And it must have it went on for hours. But there's a lot of people on there just sharing like really good stuff, and you and you you can you just find yourself just scrolling through it for hours upon end, going, "Oh yeah, that's that's quite interesting as well." So you've got to be careful; it doesn't take over your life. But yeah, I know it's it, it is hard. But I mean, look, you've got to remember this as well. You know, being a plumber, being a one man band, being a one man heating engineer is a very very lonely job. You know, without social media interaction and that kind of thing, then it's a very very lonely job. So social media has been a complete game changer and anybody says that it hasn't is is, is is missing the point you know bringing engineers together and talking about it i know nathan talks about this quite a lot you know nathan and i've been, been we've known each other for years now and 
you know, peer-to-peer learning is, a, is is proven to be one of the best ways of, of actually learning. And but you know, it's it's there's only one thing. If you want to learn, you've got to put yourself out to learn. You know, simple as that. You know, there's only nobody can beat you apart from you. That's it. You know, you want to go out there and do it, then do it, then do it. The issue is, and the issue that that um, that I'm conscious of every single day of the week because I I had this for you know for all the time. You know, I had six guys working for me for nearly twenty years. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, were they all on the tools? Or uh, yeah, the on mixture? the tools. Various various people. I never had any employees. They were always self-employed with their own uh, business in the right. But I mean, most of the work that they did was was um, was was for me. You know, with a, with a, with a little bit of their own work thrown in because we were so busy, and you know, a lot of work kind of was, was going on on a, on a regular basis. Where was your base? Uh, I've always been based around around this area, Rickmansworth, Beaconsfield, Gerrard's Cross, around those kind of areas. I'm a I'm a, I'm a Maidenhead boy originally, and uh, but I've always kind of worked around these, uh, these these kind of areas. But my my business was was um, I was not substantial. I, I I did quite a lot of things. So I did building works and and uh, and plumbing and heating works and all sorts of things like that. So we you know, we, we we got involved in quite a lot, which is kind of why I got I got involved in in heat loss calculations because you know frankly build quality in the UK is just woefully inadequate it really it really is it's it's trying to bridge that gap is going to be it's going to be the big thing i think going to be hard certainly for plumbing and heating engineers to understand how poor some of these buildings are built i think that's one thing your software does do though doesn't it you know i've used it now i think i've done three projects on it in total um like a thank you for helping me out today by the way on that other one but um it's a software when you use it with regularity you know you get more and more familiar just like anything of course but it's nice to nail down into specific rooms and specific areas where you know you can physically see from one page on your report where where the bad areas are really and where you can make some easy wins without necessarily banging in a, a huge radiator in there as such you know you can get some simple insulation or whatever it is so yeah i mean heat loss heat loss itself is a huge um a huge subject i mean it's only really based around one equation which is u value times area times delta t but it's it's is it installed um, U value? Is it factory U value? Is it? This is all down to a surveyor. I mean, we you know, we all know how to use the calculator, but the calculator is only going to give the result that you input into it. It's up to you to actually understand this. I mean, we're going to be doing some more training courses on building materials, on how to recognise different types of wall constructions, roof construction. I think that's. I think that's a big. That's a biggie. You know, I think that would help a lot of people. For me, I remember. Um, I'm going to shout out to Lee Fisher as well, who came with me on a site survey. It was an exposed location, and it's still the one we spoke about earlier, actually. It's an exposed location, um, 1940s house. You know, we was out there, we was measuring, I think there was a there was a five-inch five core roll. We was looking, taking the vent off to make sure we could determine what type of block work it was. You know, we was measuring it, we was, we was sort of going to the depths that it'd be really easy not to go to, but... Obviously, by going to the depths you go to, you, you can walk away from it knowing that you've got a really good solid heat loss on on the property, and you know that you've done everything that you can. And it's very, very easy to short, take shortcuts, isn't it? And I think from my experience, again, you'll naturally go, or the, the amount of times I've priced a heating system on, you know, the figures that I've given to the merchant, and it's just <laughs> width times length times the width, of the, uh, sorry, the height of the room. We, we, we never look it, all, all of these calculators um, if they're accredited they have to comply with en 12831 and all radiators within the UK should comply with en 442 excuse me and that's the that's the um, you know, the recognized calculation processes with this obviously Sipsi you know comply with all of these and we have to comply with with Sipsi we have to we have to work along those lines you know there's but it, again 
it's we're not all building surveyors. You know, plumbing and heating engineers aren't building surveyors. And so you've got to make this as easy as you possibly can for these people to use. But in the meantime, you've got to get closer to the truth. I don't think you, you know, even if you were using you know, PHPP software, which is the, which is the passive house software uh, for calculating heat loss, um, and that will you know, calculate all your psi values, your R value, every single every single value that your G values and everything that you can that you can use within within windows, doors, floors, everything. But nobody's got that time to do that with passive house. You're 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 employing a specialist designer to do that work for you. When we're going around as heating engineers and we're going around to specify a heating system for a new client or for an existing building or whatever it is, we need tools out there that are going to get us closer than anything else at the moment is getting us. And I think that's the void that, that we are. Well, we've certainly succeeded in that because we are about as close as you can get. Yeah, without, without essentially costing an engineer a huge amount of time. That's what you're saying. Well, yeah, exactly that. I mean, I can do. I can go around and you know, with a with a laser measure, which I I use all the time when I go to to do um, surveys. I can measure out a four bedroom detached house in about about an hour, maybe hour and a half, something like that. I was going to say, I probably did two hours my first one, and then the two I've done since then, I reckon I was about the hour mark. I think. Yeah, that's that's it. That's about right. And then once you get used to the software, I mean, you know, it's, it's, you you send the survey, and then when you get home to to work in the evenings or or, or a day in the office or whatever it is you're doing. All your surveys are there sitting in your sub- submitted surveys and you could do, you could do 20 a day if you wanted to. It's up to you. There might be a few people sat listening to this, though, thinking, I ain't got the hour. What what do you think in regards to charging for that hour? 100%. You're, you're going out saving your client money. You're going out there as part of a service. You don't, Why would you go out? And, you know, I've, I've, got, a, I've got a very, very uh, simple um, motto, which I've used all my working life. And that is, if you don't want to pay me, don't ring me. You know, it's as simple as that. Pretty simple, yeah. Yeah, why Why should you? You know, you're a professional and, and, and you're doing this. Now, if you're going out to make somebody's life better or more comfortable or whatever it is, then absolutely you should be charging. But then again, that's down to the individual of what they what they want to do. If they want to um, invest an hour's work in their um, uh, quotation um, process with plus another sort of, you know, 15 minutes or 10 minutes or so of, of um of working on the back end side. I mean, I can I can complete a report in about ten minutes now at home. Yeah. If you want to invest that time, then fine, that's up to you. But you know, to my mind, you are making somebody's life much much better, and yeah. and, and you're saving them a fortune, frankly. So you know, an hour and a half's labour that they were they they're, they're quibbling about paying you. I'm, I'm sorry, but that doesn't stack up, does it? I think it's that. I think it's the reality of how it comes about, though, isn't it? I mean, typically you 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 know, your customer might go and get free free quotes. You know, if I'm going to use the heat engineer software at the minute, I think I'm probably, you know, hopefully more and more of us use it. And I'm sure I'm sure we will in, in time. But at the moment, it might be only me using it. So it feels like there's quite a niche there to form. Like I was going to ask you from a from a business perspective. I mean, was that was that your niche? Because I'm thinking of this of, well, if you are known for essentially delivering, you know, a great design system and saving clients money. There's quite a bit of marketing, I think, there to do to actually to make your customers aware of that because they're not necessarily going to find that information up front, are they? I don't think they're necessarily going to think, oh, well, I'm going to get a for a heat loss survey done on my house. Probably going to think, oh, what's what's going to be the cheapest cost for a boiler? Or, you know, I'm going to get a range of free quotes and see what they say. Every single thing is in the implementation. And I can I can say to anybody that is starting up on their own, it takes at least five years um, to get even partially um, established within the, within within any kind of industry, really. And it's and it's hard work running your own business is hard work. It's not 
it's not go to work in the morning and come home at night and put your feet up. It's it's paperwork. It's you know well you know yourself you're building one now. It's yeah, it's hard work. Eighteen months in, yeah, yeah, it's it's hard work. But you should be getting to the point now after eighteen months. Um, certainly, when you reach two years, that it will start to turn around, and you'll start you'll get clients that are calling you back up saying, "Oh yeah, hi Jack, you know I'd like you to come and do the, some other work for us," and you know this kind of thing. You start to build your client base. That does take some time. But because it's all based on implementation, it's all based on trust, um, which is a key factor in this. When you start producing reports like we produce, and, you know, and I, we, we've built this because we're engineers. So, you know, I've, I've got involved with this because I'm a, a coalface engineer and I want to see the best for my clients and I want to see stuff you know, working really well. And from an engineer's perspective, why wouldn't you? You know, if you, you know this is, this, this, it's, a, it's a very short life we have on this little globe of ours. You know, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, stop it and get out and go and do something else because it's, it's too short to mess and muck about. You know, go, go and do something because you want to do it and get, get involved and enjoy it. But when you start handing over reports with full calculations that are accredited to SIBSI and, and uh, you know, comply with EM12831 and all the rest of the regulations that are stated out there, and you give that to one of your clients and then... The next thing they get is a is a quotation on the back of a fag packet. Oh, I know I'm really kind of spreading that out, but you know, a, a typed out quotation. Who are they going to choose? Simple yeah. as that. Who are they going I to think, choose? They, I, I think it could also help raise prices potentially, couldn't it? In the industry, you know, it, there's a lot of I would call them marketing companies that fitting gas boilers out there. Uh, if you like, they, they work essentially on a subcontractor model, don't they? That's that's sort of, um, and they're quite heavy and aggressive on their price. I think it's an opportunity, I think, for more and more people to use this and then separate themselves. You know, if you, it'd be great to go to and quote for a job and it's free pe- and it's free engineers all putting in the heat engineer software or all giving a real detailed heat loss. Customers going to see, start to, it's going to become more public knowledge, isn't it, I suppose, of what the difference is. I think, I think so. I think, I think, you know, from what, from what is happening, and certainly the government are now beginning to make the right noises on, on, um, on our energy waste. And it's, I mean, that that task in itself is going to take decades to try and sort out. You know, we've got leaky buildings and, and all the rest of it. But what, what we don't want to be doing, in my opinion, is is running down, running head over heels to start putting in brand new technologies and so new heat pumps. And it's before we've sorted the fabric of a building. And the only way you're going to understand that is through calculation. You know, it's it, it, otherwise we could end up very, very quickly right back in the situation where we're in now, where people are just fitting oversized boilers into properties, they'll be fitting oversized heat pumps into, into properties, or the properties, sorry, will, be, will become more insulated, meaning the heat pumps will become oversized. And so therefore, it will, you know, the, boiler, the heat pumps won't be sitting in their sweet spots, and you just cannot have that. Your COPs will just plummet. Yeah, because there's, I mean, that's one area I've not got a huge amount of experience in at all. But I mean, that was quite heavily pushed at one point, wasn't it? Insulation. I remember them doing it at British Gas with the free loft insulation. Is that going on as much as it used to? That you're aware of? I think so, and I think there's some there's some new uh, future home standards and some various different grant schemes that are coming out. I'm not sure I'm a big fan of grant schemes. What I'm a big fan of is implementation. And you know, it's it's you can give somebody five thousand pounds to go and put a load of insulation in their house, but what are they putting in? How are they putting it in? Who's going in and testing it? Because I don't know, you know, I'm quite well known for stating that, you know, we, you know, the biggest item we ever, ever buy in our lives is our houses. You know, we can spend over half a million quid on them, and yet there's no testing on them at all. And it's yet, crazy you know, when you put it you like go, that. Yeah. You, go, you know, you go and buy a ten pound, to- sorry, a, a, a ten pence toothbrush or a ten quid toaster. So there's more, to- there's more testing on any of those than there is on a house. 
I mean, that to my mind is just ridiculous. And I, I, I think um, I, I don't understand why the public put up with it. I really don't. Uh, you know, people don't people walk into a house and, and they don't even open a window to make sure it opens and closes. It's always like they're frightened to to kind of test things. You know, you, you jump in a car and you're pulling the seats forward and you're opening the boot and lifting up and checking the spare and lifting the bonnet. And all sorts. Of, as soon as we get into a house, it's like we're terrified. You know, it's bizarre. I don't I, I've never understood it. Maybe understanding that, I imagine it will be maybe to a certain extent. But yeah, you're completely right. It's crazy when you when you put it like that. So I've got a couple more questions that I just wanted to ask you really. And, and one that I uh, fired over to you before, just to give you a heads up. So can, have you got a project or an example you've been involved with where you like got some massive wins for necessarily like a relatively little amount of input or you know not a huge amount of resources required to to make changes i know you're involved with like hospitals occasionally aren't you in quite big projects so i imagine there's quite a lot out there which are completely wrong or you know they could have needed a bit of, bit of rob love well the first thing to say is is um through heat engineer literally thousands we've gone past the seven thousand reports now uh, within the business and and so there are thousands of, of positive scenarios here where people ring me up and they say are you sure five kilowatts is going to do this you know it's <laughs> that, that kind of that kind of stuff and it's, yeah really yeah exactly yeah you're going to get a lot of that but yes yeah we I've, there's many many projects that i've worked with um over the years where unfortunately we have still got this guesswork i mean people think it's bad in the in the uh, domestic world it's it's even worse in the in the commercial world it's um that's quite sad um the replacing boiler plant like for like is endemic within the industry very very little calculations an awful lot of copy and paste going on which is a little bit sad which is essentially people covering themselves right well they call it you know redundancy factors diversity factors and all sorts of things like that and basically there's been a lot of trying to blind with science that has been going on for an awful long time and you know people not even walking around and just doing a simple thing like adding up the radiator outputs you know all these sorts of things which is not necessarily the you know the the um be all and end all of calculation because it's not but and there's plenty of other parameters to take it to take it, uh, um, in, into consideration but you know it's we need to get closer to the truth and you know you, you ask your question you know Quite a lot of projects, you know, many, many, many projects that that that, um, that I've been involved with, where you know we've we've at least halved the size of the boiler plant that was that was in there previously. You know, which you know, one client that that we're working on, I, I've uh, I've got a project. I can't talk about it live at the minute, but I know now that just in plant costs, we will have saved them in excess of about seventy thousand pounds just on uh, boiler plant uh, and annual running costs. But no, 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 that's just in in boiler plant supplying supplying costs. Oh wow! Okay, you know, that's just on one on one job. So that's the initial um, capex outlay just on the boiler plant. Never mind the pipe work and commissioning and pumps and and all the rest of it. But um, it's it's those kind of things. And you know, certainly calculating our index circuit is is the primary losses for you know pump oversizing and and that kind of stuff, which we see all the time. I mean, I don't know how many times you you, you walk into a property and they say, "Oh, well, I'm not getting." I'm not getting uh, flow to the radiators at the end of this uh, this system, and the plumber goes in there and turns the pump up to number three without actually realising what pump number three setting is. You know, because they don't know what a heat curve is, or they don't understand they don't understand what the the meaning is on a fifteen fifty pump, or something along those lines. It's 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 those kind of things. So it's not 
it's not necessarily you know, turning up the pump speed is not necessarily or pump speed or pump head pressure is not um is, is not necessarily going to cure the problem you know it's nine times out of ten it's going to be something completely different it could be it could be blockages it could be undersized pipe work it could be the fact that the pump is undersized for the index circuit and this is it people don't you know generally understand what the index circuit is go on then explain to us because i only heard that phrase today to be fair really okay your index circuit. So if you've got a, if you've got, um, I don't know, let's just say a typical house of, I don't know, seven or eight rads or something like that. Your index circuit is going to be the radiator with the most amount of resistance in total. So if you work back all of the resistance right the way back from that radiator back to your um, uh, heat source plant or wherever your pumps pumping station is, that is going to be your index circuit, and that is the that is the total sum of all of those resistances that run back. So if you've got a direct route that runs back through um, that pipe work back to that unit, so it's that longest length of pipe work with all your fittings, uh, all your valves, et cetera, et cetera. That's your index circuit. And what people don't seem to understand is that if just if you've got a building that is six meters high, it doesn't mean you need a six meter head pump. That's the point. It's not it's not working. If you look at a pump graph and you think of a pump graph as you know running down to left or left and right, when it when 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 the graph is right the way down on the left, that's your flow. And then as that graph lifts lifts up, that's your pressure running up. So if you look at a pump curve, a pump curve runs down and you'll run it along. So for work, if you run it along, wherever those two meet on the graph, you can say that's the flow rate I'm gonna get for the amount of head pressure that I'm gonna get on the graph. So head pressure is always the vertical and flow is always the horizontal at the bottom and that's how you would size it so you work out what your index circuit is which incidentally our brand new calculator that's coming out um, in the next couple of days works out your index circuit yeah so i'm excited about that that's gonna be good that's uh, that's that's gonna gonna be a, a huge game changer but it, but it'll also give you a, a full shopping list of all the pipe work and everything that you need for your uh, for your project which is uh, is also going to be pretty yeah. good what more could you want yeah exactly that so yeah index circuit very very important yeah okay is there, an, is there another name for that? Another name for index? I said, I, yeah, I said that I was going to, before we got on, I said I was going to ask the silly questions, if you like. Like I say, uh, I don't think uh, completely wet behind the ears, but obviously a lot of this is new to me. Just like the phrases of primary flows, primary returns, you know, that's something I've heard a million and one times. Obviously, that and the index circuit are two de- separate things. So if there's anyone thinking, what's an index circuit? It's not your primary flow and return, right? It's... It's no, your primary, primary flow and return is part of your index circuit. So, you know, if you look at, um, if, you, if you think that, you know, think about it on your, in terms of your body, your index circuit is likely to be somewhere in your feet, isn't it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so does that make sense? Yeah. So, something along those lines. That's how you would expect it, you know, you know, unless you've got 10 foot long arms or something along those. Yeah, that's that kind of, that kind of thing. It's going to be made up of your arteries your, and, and, your, and your veins and your capillaries. So if you you, know, you you look up uh, your primary your primary flow and return in a standard house might go from the um, from the boiler or, or heat pump or whatever it is up to your hot water cylinder where it'll have have uh, motorized valves and various other areas where you where you'll pump away from. So that might be your primary circuit, and then you might have then a primary heating circuit and a primary hot water circuit from that. But then you might might have you know twenty sub circuits running to different radiators, different drops or different. Uh, scenarios you might have another another circuit running off that feeds six radiators or you know that that kind of thing it's uh, certainly when you're doing schools and colleges that's kind of a lot of what of what happens you know in those areas you know you could have have i don't know 30 different zones you know but you still got out of those 30 different zones you've got to work out which one of those radiators out of all of that is your index circuit 
And it doesn't matter if you've got 200 radiators in that building, as long as you've worked out what that index circuit is, that's the only size pump you need because that's the, that's the highest amount of resistance. Yeah, it's quite a simple way of looking at that, isn't it, really? I hope so, thing. yeah. I mean, it, it, it should bust a lot of myths. I mean, a good friend of mine, Neil Bunning from IMI Hydronics, I mean, he told me uh, uh, this amazing statistic um, a few years ago that 20% of all energy in the world is wasted, is wasted is used up by pumps, so pumps being oversized. I mean, that is, that's one-fifth of all of the world's energy is used up by pumps. That's bonkers. Yeah. That's absolutely bonkers statistic. Yeah, it's hard to even comprehend that, isn't it? Yeah. That's mental. So, you know, when you go into, um, you know, a lot of the hotels that I go into and leisure centres um, and that kind of thing, and you, you look at the pumps that they've got in these, in these buildings, they're guessed. Most of them are guessed. And, they, and it's... Safety, you know, right? Well, is it safety? You know, you, you've, got, you've got systems that, that are so noisy... Because they got you know velocities of you know, three, four, five meters a second. Sometimes it's you know it's 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 crazy. You know you got system erosion and all sorts of things going on when that happens. I mean, is it from a other one trying to say is I suppose is it people co- trying to cover themselves? It's not extent, doing, I know yeah, it will work on this pump. It's just guesswork. It's just not doing it. It's just not doing a calculation. It, it's very very difficult to know the whole reasons. I've got some private reasons why I think Gosh, so a, lot yeah. this, a lot of this happens, but you know I. I I can't say them online. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So is it the bigger projects which sort of excite you then? If you, um, what kind of projects like, is it? No, not really, no. I, I, I like projects that challenge, I think, it's, uh, is, is the thing. I mean, I, you know, I still do um, um, work for kind of you know, self-builders and you know, various other, other projects that I could do. And I also, I, I quite like um, now, as a consultant, I, I've, uh, I say a consult- I'm not a consultant, I'm just, a, I'm just an engineer who, 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 who came off the tools and, and, and bought a ruler and a calculator at the end of the day and, and, and learned how to use it. So you know, this term consultant is, you know, is, is, is banded around, isn't it? It means nothing. It's just, I just help people when I can. And what I'm finding now is, is um, there's quite a lot of engineers that I've met through social media and various other things like that. They, they'll call me up and they'll ask me to, to charge them an hourly rate or something just to, to help them online with some drawings that they might have and, and do that. I get quite a lot of pleasure out of that especially when I get a phone call at the end of the job and it's, and it's like, we didn't think it was going to work and my God, it works fantastically. And you know, those kind of things, that's a, that's a, that's a real joy. That's a, that's a really great joy. Yeah. I think when you, when you're new, new to it though, it's like we're designing that one today or that other project I was talking to you about, it's six kilowatt we need. And I'm like, right. Okay. That's not what if I, you know, if I had to just stab a guess in the dark prior to doing that, there's no way I would have been coming up with that figure. So um, it's a real eye opener. It's really good. We're, Running towards the end of obviously the podcast, I'm going to try and do it within 45 minutes. So from a business perspective, I sort of asked you earlier, but I wasn't too direct. So your niche, did you have a niche when you was in business or was it more of you was busy because you were doing a bit a bit of this, that and everything? How did how did that work? Oh, I wouldn't really say I had a niche. I mean, I quite... Um... I quite like doing breakdowns. Um, I was a um, one of the very first platinum um, five installers for Intergas, so I got, okay. quite, I got quite involved with Intergas. And I was with um, Atmos before before then. Worked quite closely with Atmos um, up in oh god, I've forgotten where they are from where they are now. Up towards the middle. I'm of not them. familiar with Atmos. What's Atmos? Yeah, they, they were they, well, basically Atmos were a, were a, a UK company, but they they, um, they they brought the products over from Holland, the same as Intergas, but. They did all of the, I guess, I guess pre-Intergas stuff that came into the UK. And, and uh, I mean, they're, they're multi. They, they had one of the very first 
um, 85 litre stored water uh, combination boilers, which was uh, an amazing bit of kit. Oh, it's, it's like a combination boiler. It's a, it, it, it is like a combination boiler, really. It's a, essentially, it's kind of like a system boiler with a tank built into it. But it was a whopping great big unit. You know, I, I would say probably half the size again of a of a um, um, Viesman 111W. So it was a it was a big old lump. Yeah. You know, to put in but yeah I, I i worked with them for quite a while doing some breakdowns and i installed quite a lot of those units still got still got quite a few of them actually still running and that's some blimey, i was gonna say there's many out there still 20, yeah i guess um, nearly 20 years nearly 20 years old they ain't done bad then so, so yeah they've done well yeah they've done well but again it's all in the implementation isn't it really so you you've literally had that at your core value since since you began since you when you was in regularly installed and you've always sort of designed pinpoint systems to... uh, i tried to yeah i've tried to i mean you know there's there's always room for improvement you're always yeah, going i wish i knew what i know now but um sorry i wish i knew then what i know now because it, I would have done so much so differently, I think, um, even back in the day then. But it's, uh, it's, I think, just trying to do things as best as you can, really, is the, is, is the stuff. We used to do um, quite a lot of refurbishment works for, for, uh, for clients on, on, uh, on builds, um, you know, doing extensions and conversions, but uh, you know, various other things like that. So it's moving heating systems around and you know, getting involved with the building. You know, I quite enjoyed doing carpentry. One of the reasons I had to come off the tools is because my my shoulder got really quite badly damaged, and so I, I can't lift. But I can't lift this arm above my shoulder right. anymore without any pain. So I was um, going to ask that. How, how did the transition go from business owner to obviously system design? Was that difficult? Very difficult. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very difficult. Um, and still not, still not fully there yet. It's. Yeah, the calculations are one thing, you know, and that's that's um, that's hard enough in its in itself. But I was lucky because I, I kind of got the, the background of that as a as a as a young engineer. But um, learning all the CAD software, learning uh, all the tools that go along with that, um, learning all the regulations, and and you don't ever learn all the regulations. I don't care what anybody says. You can you can read every magazine and every guidance as you know till the, till the cows come home, but you can't ever learn every one. You've got to you've got to look them up as you're doing projects and you come across something if you're not sure about it you look it up and it's it's simple it's simple as that it's uh, and you know we all make mistakes everybody does and we, we you know, the whole point of, of what i try to say to people is that we're just getting closer we're getting closer to the truth we're getting closer to what a system needs to be running at and you know that's that's the point if every if everybody can just think about what they install for you know half an hour before they start installing it and thinking well what if i did it this way what if i do it that way i mean how much am i going to save and, and you'd be surprised how much you actually save. It's, it's well, you know yourself just by doing the calculations. I mean, it's, it's better for everyone, but I'd argue it's more enjoyable. It's not, it feels like you're more, there's more of a craft to it. You know, you, you get more enjoyment out of it. Like you said earlier, you've got people coming back to you saying, what, really? You know, it, it's like a light bulb mo- moment kicking in your head every time you do it. Because you think, wow, this is, this is how it should be. Do you know what I mean? And, and then it, you just get more and more, I suppose, disillusioned with the fact that it's not really the way that it's done. Certainly, hundred percent. I mean, it's you know, as I say, it's constantly learning and uh, learning about building, um, building and building materials is, I think, is is very, very key to to what we're having to do now as as um, as designers as well. And we're going to get called on that a lot more in the future, I think, because it's yeah, you know, as I say, you can't oversize heat pumps. If you oversize them, you're gonna you're gonna be in trouble. Yeah, uh, but, it, it's but a it's big still, risk, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. But I mean, things things like windows. I mean, if you, you know, for argument's sake, if you if you install a window, uh, if you get a standard cavity wall. If you don't install that window on the cavity closure and you, you install it on the outside brickwork, so you're screwing it through the window into the outside brickwork because you think that's the best place to get a fixing instead of using metal clamps and fixing it to the inside um, 
block work, that kind of thing. So if you don't install it on those cavity closures, you could actually add or lose 40, even 50% of that window's performance just by putting it on the top of the front there because of thermal bridging, because you're actually connecting that, you're giving that conductivity to it. It's, it's knowledge like that that only makes a calculator good. You know, it's it's you can have as many SIPSI guidance. It's where your peer-to-peer comes in, I think, isn't it? <laughs> exactly that. So, you know, the calculator is only as good as somebody that is input, but it's also as only as good as somebody's knowledge of, of, of the building. And this is it. So, you know, the mathematics aren't wrong. There's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. You know, we're, we're governed by, you know, Ian 12831, which is, which is the best um, format that we've got in the country at the moment for doing for doing this uh, heating uh, design guidance and building design guidance you know it's it's our, our buildings tested you know you go and you, you know you buy this you buy this house and it says that you only need a you know two kilowatt load in the drawings etc cetera, etc cetera, but they've got a 30 kilowatt boiler in there so it's going to take up all that slack but if you haven't if you haven't performance tested it with a heat pump how far out how far are you going to allow that margin to be this way or that way that's that's my worry for the future, and I think that we could be sitting on a time bomb of of despair for for uh, end users and and uh, you know buyers of their biggest item in their lives if we don't get this right. And so hydronics training for me is absolutely key. You know, systems training has got to be key, and it's that's going to be people like myself, uh, Kim, Betty, and, and and Adam Chapman really at the moment that, that are out there to to get these things and get this knowledge out to people. Yeah, well, I'm certainly a bit advocate of what you're doing mate and um certainly from using the software of course i've had my questions but it's from a support perspective as well um yourself personally have always sort of got back in really timely manner so you know if anyone's listening to this and and wanting to have a go at it i would strongly encourage them to because you know you do support your users really well certainly from my experience so so that's good just to wrap up the podcast mate where can people reach you where can people find you online the software and, and obviously yourself i know you're on facebook and twitter so if you don't mind just telling the listeners a little bit about that that'd be great sure. okay if you've got an engineering qualification of anything so it could be heat ass it could be you know um off tech or gas safe or anything that you wanted to use there um you can you can get us onto our facebook forum which is the delta t forum on twitter we are at heat calculation so that's uh, heat calculation with a capital h and calculation with a capital c and if you want to look at our software, uh, just go to www.heat-engineer.com. Awesome. Thank you very much, mate. And like I say, thank you very much for uh, being my first ever guest. I've really enjoyed it, mate. It's been Pleasure. good. Yeah, me too. It's great fun. Thanks for joining us today on the Heating Services Show podcast. And I would genuinely love to know your feedback. And it would be great, guys, if you could leave us a review on the platform where you're tuning in from. It means that I get a nice bit of feedback on how the show's going and also it means we can reach new listeners. So if you don't mind, if you could leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Also, if there's anything that you want me to discuss in the future or a guest that you want me to get on, I'm more than open to seeing if that could work and seeing if I can make that happen. So please feel free to contact me via social media. You'll find me across all the main platforms, really. That's pretty easy to do. And we'll be back again soon to discuss more heating and business-related topics. Thanks a lot. <laughs>